Welcome to The Breadwinners, the podcast about the never-ending hustle and its impact on all aspects of our lives. We're interested in what it takes to keep everything going and how to get the job done. This podcast is about working, family, research, and policy. We consider the research, talk to experts, and share our takes on what we're all learning about breadwinning. Each week, I'm joined by Jennifer Owens. She writes about working, wellness, and women, and founded the Working Mother Research Institute. And I'm joined by Raquel Ellison. She is an executive coach and management consultant who works with companies big and small to design workplace policies that work for all employees. Well, so today we're going to talk about uh, a little bit about what happens next tied to what's happening now, which is there is a study that got quoted recently, Rashid Malik, a senior policy analyst for early childhood policy at the Center for American Progress get that on your business card, says that while there's no definitive data on how daycare centers have fared, Malik estimates that more than 20,000 facilities have closed permanently mm. and that tens of thousands more could close by the end of the year. Oh my Lord, it was hard enough getting childcare. What are we going to do now? Oh my Lord, I pass to you, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is not... A new problem, unfortunately. Well, yeah. you yeah. know, it is a new problem that these facilities have closed permanently, but we had a child care shortage a long time before the pandemic. There have been these deserts, particularly in low income neighborhoods. Yeah. Not to mention when we looked at the cost of the child care centers that did exist with in comparison to median income, it was insane. There are some yeah. stats we can post about that. But this is, it's a chronic problem that we have in this country is how do we support childcare? Yes. And that way, you know, we're sending people off to work to create the middle class. And then we have no one, you know, the s- structures are based on having someone home unpaid to deal with childcare. And, right. you know, it's literally the cost of college. I would not be surprised to hear that my pain of paying for childcare, which is like five figures in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. pricey Brooklyn, the ratio is the same in a less expensive like parts of Ohio or North Carolina or something like that. Yeah. I think that the ratio, they said in the New America's Care Report that daycare costs average $9,589 a year. I like that specific dollar amount <laughs> for a child under four. And it's pricier in DC. The average cost of care for an infant is twenty four thousand. Oh yeah, yeah. Which I'd like to note here. Often when we look at these programs, like Head Start or After School or Pre K programs and stuff, we're talking about older kids. But if you're like me, my babies started going to daycare as little guys, and those little guy daycares are way more expensive than the big guy daycares, and, yeah. and and rightfully so. They have you know rules, and of course, you know every parent wants quality, loving childcare for their child, and when they're little, the ratio of like caregiver to uh, baby is like I. I don't know what it is, but it's less than when they're older, and so it's by right there, it's going to be more expensive, right and. and and they're harder to find those like little guy pre-K or l- little guy daycares versus like a pre-K. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Oh, my God. How did we figure all this out? <laughs> I have no idea. I'm having like flashbacks of when we right? son to there's a Chinese immersion daycare that was yeah. a few blocks away from you right now. Okay. And, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I have 
two families that I know who have been trying to make it work with the nanny and then just are moving over to infant childcare. Yeah. Either way is, you know, whatever, or get your your mom to help or a sister to help or whatever. I've been interested in the pandemic is you have people now talking about how they, okay, they finally stitched it together. Like it's a year in and we're passing off babies and we're doing whatever. And now there's going to be a change, whether it's hybrid offices or what, somebody's going to start commuting somewhere. We're going to have to rethink the childcare in our own homes to account for, you know, where they'll be and what they'll be. Like, it just never right. ends. It never ends. I'm rubbing my head because it never ends. Yeah, I was thinking about it. I was thinking about the other day, like, you know, is it possible that we'll get to a workplace where parents can leave at school time when school's oh, yeah. over without shame, without having to sneak out? And then, you know, they're able and there's an understanding that they will get back online later. Get the kids settled in and then, yeah. yeah. I wonder whether that's going to be a possibility because we can't, I don't know how we can keep going this way when we get back to the office. Well, so it's the phrase is childcare desert. You hear it with like food deserts where there are places where you can't get fresh food and, and they grow and they grow due to like, I don't know, whatever defines them. Is it the market? They don't want to be in the market for a market. But with childcare deserts, as if they're all closing down, even if you have the money, you can't throw money at the problem. There's no one to pick it up because the business of running a childcare, the margins are so low. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a really high expense. It's a way bigger issue for labor than like in publishing where it's like, yeah, we're really expensive. You need editors, you know, you got to touch the content or in apparel, stitching together the garment is hand. You need someone to put the fabric under the machine. Now multiply that by a gazillion because you need people to care for the little guys that these labor intensive industries, basically, I, I, industry seems a weird word when you're talking about my baby, Mm -hmm. but They don't work at a very, there's, you know, it's already expensive. You think they're not rolling in cash, I guess is my point with these child care centers. So they're so precarious. Right, right. Well, and what does, uh, you know, friend of the podcast, Julie Cashin, has done a lot of work around child care. We've had her on, we've referenced her all the time. And, and, you know, it comes down to a lack of investment in the infrastructure of child care and a lack of or a willing blindness to the need. Because, I mean, you're literally putting earplugs in if you're not listening to parents yell that they are in pain when it comes to finding childcare to support. They need the childcare so they can support their family. Right. I mean, <sighs> I, you know, it brings me back to my favorite stories, the stories of, not my favorite stories, but but the stories of the childcare centers that popped up during World War II when women mm. were working and they... Yeah hadn't been working. And it was a time of crisis where, you know, the government stepped up and said, we've, we've got to support women in the workforce and we've got to be able to figure out how to manage this. And then it went away. But I feel like we're at that moment of crisis right now. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know. I don't know how we yeah. it, but without a concerted effort. You know, that is part of our government, part of our public coming together and saying we care about we care about families. We care about babies, children, 
We care about their moms and dads. I mean, it's, you know, a child care center impacts a whole lot of people. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, and so then I saw a stat that it's now up to something like uh, 3 million U.S. women have left the labor force over the past year. That number is not going to get back to (laughs) any sort of thing. I mean, you've got, you know, pay equality. You've got work at home stress. You've got homeschooling. You've got caregiving. You know, like we got to take something off the plate because our plate runneth over. And I think child care, you know, it seems like we could fix child care. Okay. Doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, we as a, as a nation, because there are already, we have talented professionals who know how to run these facilities. We have a desperate need. You know, what does Biden say? We're going to manage the hell out of this. It seems like that there's a lot of pieces there that we could infuse with good thinking, support, and the financing necessary to take care of caregivers of child care center, the child care center caregivers, to then take care of the caregivers that are at home. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Because yeah. it's not, we're not reinventing the wheel. We're, the wheel's already there. We just need to like put new tires on it and help it go. Right. We do. I mean, for a minute there, even though I, I know this very well, like what went through <laughs> my head was like, who is opposing this again? <laughs> right. Why is this? And then I remembered I saw someone arguing. Oh my God. Moms are really the ones who do the best job with kids. So, oh yeah. Yep. I don't remember what he was arguing about, whether it was, I'm not sure, but I just saw that clip and I was like, okay, right. Of course. Right, right, right. Yeah, my fault. I'm sorry. We had a pandemic so that 3 million moms could be forced back into their, I mean, To the job that they always just wanted, which was to be home with their kids and not supporting their families so that their families could struggle, but they could be home. Got it. Got it. Got got how the circular logic works there. I'm on it. Exactly. It seems like, you know, well, and a lot of the efforts that one of the few bipartisan projects that Congress seems to love to support are block grants for child care. Do you know mm-hmm. that? And they they often they will and those do fund child care centers. They're targeted to low income neighborhoods, which awesome. Make right. it happen. What often happens though is there there is the benefit cliff. You know, the minute you make it doesn't taper off like in when it comes to child care. It's like you make too much money, you know, which is like instead of making 25 you make 26,000 or something right. some terribly low number you cross the poverty line and the benefit goes away mm-hmm. and so that cliff is not conducive to us helping all the families you know in, get better and improve themselves and get and get to go somewhere because i lordy lou if if you told me that making $1000 more would take away my access to the child care center I like my kid has gotten used to and that I can somewhat afford due to subsidies, I'm not going to make that thousand dollars more. Right, right. And so the setup is wrong. It's like, again, we have the wheels, we have the setup, we just need to make those wheels, we need to grease them, we need to, you know, tighten the lug nuts. I don't know. I Where's my metaphor going? I know. No. Give us freaking child care. Yeah. No more deserts. No more deserts. No more deserts. No more deserts. Oh, so complicated. Yes. And and then uh, I keep referring to Catherine Goldstein's um, mom core idea. You know, it's Mm -hmm. also, I 
as a working mom, I preferred that we had in-home centers. They were like right. in, in, you know, our neighborhood, it has the apartments and they'd have the backyard and they were small and intimate. And that, and that worked for me. I liked being able to know that it was on them to always have someone there. You know, they had a team and I liked the fact that caregivers could switch off and take a break because I know how exhausted I get taking yeah. care of a kid. So yeah. I like that. And I like that they were always open. She dealt with, you know, the owner dealt with sick days and, you know, people needing time off and all that sort of joke. And that was right for me. But I could see that uh, like the mom core that Kathleen is talking about is in your home too. You know, right. like, could we engage, empower, support a bunch of energetic, she thinks of it as young people, basically like Peace Corps at home little bit like what AmeriCorps and stuff, but specifically to families with young kids. She has twin babies and like a kindergartner. So you know why this is where she's, her mind is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what is it? The necessity is the mother of invention. Being a right. mother is a necessity that needs invention. I don't know. I Somehow it all works. But Ooh, I like that phrase. I like yeah. that. That was a good one. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, well, so when you were stitching together with the, when your babies were little mm-hmm. and they're always be our babies, how did you pull it off? There were multiple phases. I think we covered, there was a nanny period in the beginning mm. and that was when I didn't have a choice. You know, I broke my ankle right after oh, my daughter right. was born and I physically couldn't pick her up for months. So we didn't have the money for a nanny, to be quite honest, but we did it because there was no other options. So that was our first. That became a nanny share for a little while. And then we did childcare, like certain blocks for a while. When I was working for myself, I was able to, when my daughter was young, have a kind of flexible schedule. And then... There was a point in which we had two kids in daycare, and it was absolutely a five figure investment. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I don't yeah. know. I, mean, I know, I know that college is going to be expensive, but that was a big hit. That- I, we have college coming up. On I know the you horizon. do. Well, and I kind of think, well, we figured out pre K. You know, we right, figured exactly. out. Exactly. I'm kind of not as scared by the big ticket that, you know, they're waving at us because, you know, let's be honest, pre-K, especially like in the threes is really childcare with a little, a little crust of education part of it. You know, like it, there's a lot of hanging around, going outside and, and, and as well they should, they're freaking three years old, but the cost of that pre-K school and program, oh my Lord. We had two programs that we put the kids in and one of them was like Georgian as in Russian owned two floor walk up with like a lot of babies just in a small room kind of. And the other one was this, it wasn't date, it was like three to five year olds and it was, they played Blondie on an accordion. <laughs> with Heart of glass? <laughs> I don't remember. It might have the been. Tide is high. I mean, what what were they playing? I want to know. <laughs> no, no, now I can't remember. And then they also played the White Stripes. But that's that's Brooklyn. <laughs> that is Brooklyn. That is Brooklyn. Yeah, it was a very very weird contrast. I gotta say. Yeah. Well, and that's you know, I was so grateful for it. I learned so much from our childcare team 
at the center. Like this is silly, but I did not realize I should keep Gwen on the same like sleep routine that they had set until they uh-huh. said, you know, you know, like Gwen <laughs> doesn't know it's a weekend, you know, like you keep her going and then she'll be happier all the time. I'm like, oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> you know, I, I don't really know what I'm doing, but okay, you know. And then here's the spoiler alert for people with little guys. Childcare is an issue. I mean, don't tell my 14-year-old I think of it this way, but only at 17 am I thinking Gwen is kind of unhooked from childcare. Owen, it takes on a new form, especially with the pandemic, but like he can't be just left to his own devices that much. He needs to have a little structure, especially with the pandemic, because he'll never leave his room. He'll just be on his computer all day. He needs something else to do. But back before the pandemic, when he was like 12, you know, childcare then morphs into summer camp. It mm-hmm. morphs into after school programs. Like it just it's it's a never ending cost and it's a never ending well, the mental load of it, of scheduling, like, especially as they get older and that, that as much as I talk about the babies, finding care for little guys, mm-hmm. that kind of, there's this awkward age between I'm not a kid, but I'm not 17. What right. are they going to do? And then, you know, they don't want to be the big kid at the little place. It's like weird. It's like a, a U shape. Like there's few options, super expensive. Then they're kind of more and they still cost you money, but there's more options. Then it loops down again. And it's like not as many options, still freakishly expensive of what happens when they become older kids. You know? Right, right. It's really, a, it's a long term. So I guess the concept of childcare deserts they're really talking about little guys that's we know that's what you know it's yeah. pre it's pre before they're in school i i guess preschool but child care you know one of the things de blasio did in new york when he first became mayor was the free after school for middle school students right and that was that was huge i mean immediately our budget was like yay and you know <laughs> that i knew where gwen was you know after and then i'd meet her at the bus coming back for the it was really helpful and so i i get my ramblings is to say that childcare is like almost a k through you know birth through 12th grade concept right that you're you're always scheduling around and yeah budgeting around and I don't know. I think we're coming out of the pandemic with fewer options. And also we're going to have to figure out what it looks like in our own homes. Right. Even if you do have options, because it's someone going into the office and you need a full-time care and I don't, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And even if they're not going into the office. Yeah. You know, and they're working remotely. I think we've all learned that, you know, if we can find it and we can afford it, you know, to have support while you're working remotely. We used to, do you remember the time when people used to think, oh, working remotely means like I can very easily just do both caregiving. Oh my God. Have we killed that? Oh my God. I, I hope so. I think we've killed it. I think we've killed it. Because that, that was a thing that I always said at Working Mother, the, exactly, that you you working from home does not mean you don't need childcare. And I think, yes. I mean, and now we've had to do it because we didn't have any other options. But right. yeah, no, we, no, no. We need the social contract of kids in school so we can get something done exactly. as a starting point. We need exactly. that back. Yeah. Oh, my we Lord. Sure do. We sure well, do. Well, I tell you, as long as it's going to be a desert, I'm glad I'm in the desert with you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find our oasis. We'll okay. find our... Oh, my gosh. That. Thank you, because... May the breadwinners be your oasis. 
There we go. Thank you for joining us on The Breadwinners. You will find links to what we discussed in the episode description. Email us anytime at thebreadwinnerspod at gmail.com or visit us at thebreadwinnerspodcast.com. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast and to rate and review it. It really helps us grow. And until next week, keep hustling. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.